0: Best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual world. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Rev. Jana Avende. And I'm Rev. Michael J. Day. We're priests of Arnery Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars actually going to festivals and events. So you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So, sit back and enjoy Druids... In cars... Going to festivals. Hi, I'm Reverend Jana Vende, and I'm here at the Western Clergy Retreat with Reverend Lauren Mart, Reverend Sarah Blackfelder, and Reverend Melissa Ashton. And we are all female priests within ADF, which, being... A female priest poses its own set of challenges that are unique to us, um, and unique to, I think, many women in leadership roles in general. Um, And so we thought it would be kind of fun and possibly also uncomfortable.
1: fun. That's not the word I was going to use. We'll
0: go with it. Um, It would be beneficial to talk about some of the challenges that we face and how we navigate them um, in our working lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Um, I think probably one of the biggest um, things that I've faced in face-to-face interaction with people is um, being talked over pretty <laughs> oh, consistently. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times the, the non-female persons in the room will play it off as, oh, you're not outgoing enough. You're not extroverted enough. You just need to step out there and make your voice heard. And it's, it's more than that. It's your voice is not valued as much. And so you get stepped on and shut Mm -hmm. out of conversations.
1: I think one of my favorites that goes along with that is when you do try to assert yourself after you've been inter- interrupted and someone says, please don't interrupt me. <laughs> I've had that happen multiple times, actually.
0: Yeah, I know another, another kind of facet of that that we've all dealt with is the you make your voice heard, but there's any amount of emotion behind it. Yeah. And you're just a hysterical woman. Or an overly emotional woman, and need to step back. You need to check yourself. Truly, there's a lot of Truly. tone policing.
2: Oh yeah, that happens so much. And what's bad about that is that part of our jobs as priests are to have feelings and emotions when we're connecting with people who also have emotions. That also have them. <laughs> and when we're doing our rituals and you know, communing with the kindreds and all, I mean, we're supposed to be feeling. But yet, when we get into this tone policing, sort of thing that happens. Mm-hmm it teaches us to build walls around our hearts and our feelings and that is not good
1: for what we need to be doing in our work. Especially if you're the kind of priest who has a pastoral related vocation. Right. And you want to be able to have people help talk through their emotions and their feelings and connect in an empathic way with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: really hard. I think that in it, I think a lot of of mine are similarly related to communication. I find it frustrating when I disagree with someone and immediately there is an underlying assumption that the reason I'm quote unquote being contrary is for my own personal gain. It can't possibly because, be because I have something to say that I think is relevant to the discussion that may be taking us in a different direction because I, I have reasons that have nothing to do with me. Um, I think being different doesn't mean that, it's, that it's a, I'm making it about me and that, that's really hard. That's actually a subtle one that I've, that I've picked up recently that is usually coupled with some sort of um, intellectual gaslighting.
0: I, I notice that one a lot with you make a statement or have a thought that is taking the conversation in a different direction and another woman pipes up and echoes your thought and another woman pipes up and echoes your thought and it's completely ignored until a man pipes up and echoes your thought. And then it is their credit that they've gotten. And, oh, that's such a great idea, let's explore that. And then y'all look at each other like, (laughs) no, Um, it happens a lot. It happens a lot, a a lot, lot, a lot, yeah. Yeah.
3: And, And the other side of that is if you're like me and have been in the position of leadership and have been in the position of pastoral care and have grown up a group around you, you get new people come in your group and I'm not allowed to swear so I won't tell you what I get called on but I am extremely assertive and I'm extremely forward and I'm extremely blunt about what needs to happen and I get Accused of being the bad guy and of shooting everyone else down, and of being intimidating, and of being
1: you know frigid. And that's my favorite one. You're in, you're intimidating. intimidating. Yeah, you're intimidating. Like I'm you can't you can't have a strong personality or or have or have any sort of passion behind the things that you want to do or the ideas you have because then you're intimidating. And the frigid. You're either frigid or a slut.
2: There's no <laughs> just being who you are. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Oh my gosh,
1: I found out so much stuff. You wouldn't believe the number of people I'm up. Apparently sleeping with. Me too, <laughs> me too. It's amazing. Like, oh, Missy had an idea. She must be sleeping with someone. It's
0: like, how does that, how do those even <laughs> connect together? <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't yeah. even, I don't even know how that's a thing. Like, I think that that, you know, that's always been kind of a, an undertone in the pagan community. You know, just the whole, you don't like someone, then I'll, automatically there's some trash talking about who they may or may not or probably are sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Or someone, or if you're a female who, who makes, has an accomplishment, um, it's clearly because you were sleeping with somebody. it can't possibly be because of your own merit and work ethic and the things that you put in. It's into clearly
0: it. because someone else helped you with it or had all the main ideas. and yes, yeah. and you were probably sleeping with them. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's I don't even know what to do with that. Like, like how do you combat that?
3: because the only the only way I know how to combat it is is framing because the more you talk about how that's not what's going on, the more people are going to, Think that is what's
1: going on because that's how framing works, and it's really frustrating to have to go. You know, Jana Vende has been working with Michael Dangler, and they had this great idea, and they went on this transfer, and they're not sleeping together. Like, I don't want to have to throw that. Why in does every that time have I to be added something. to every conversation? Why is that something that we consciously have to keep talking about because we'll to, to try I, to provide legitimacy to the things that we're doing? And so the the first. Time I showed up at an
3: ADF festival, it was with a Grove mate, and that Grove mate happened to be male, and the assumption was that I was there because of him, and that we were sleeping together. And at the time, we were both married to other
0: people. Mm-hmm. That happened to me just this past Wellspring. Michael and I were were sitting like around the fire, and there were just a couple. It was pretty late, and there were just a couple other people around, and uh, one of the. One of the, the other people came up and essentially said to me, like, oh, it's so great that, that you help with all of these things. I hope people listen to your voice more instead of just paying attention to what your husband is doing uh, regarding me and Michael. And we were both <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and, and, you know, Michael is is used to it at this point, I think. And so he was very much like, "Oh, we're not married, and this is Reverend Janavende, and like, <laughs> but it's and sometimes I'm helping her, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and it's but it's a." Constant people assume that I'm married to whatever male's company I happen to be in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, <laughs>
1: one part of your poly pool. <laughs> like,
0: okay. I was that's I was on my thing, way to yeah. Harvest Nights with my daughter and with a Grove mate who's gay, and we stopped for dinner, and some random person was like, "Oh, you're such a good dad," and it was like, "What?"
2: Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah, it happens. A lot. And I know
0: it's an that's an overculture thing too. Yeah. Um, but man, is it frustrating,
2: but it's, you know, what, what can be helpful in some of this are, we do have people like Michael, who is an advocate for us as well be like, no, it wasn't me. It was her, you know, recognize her work for mm-hmm. her, but it, it makes, makes me right. so
0: angry that we need that. It is angry. So yeah. angry. William does
1: that for me a lot. He'll, he'll actually create space. And like, if he hears me say something and notices that someone didn't, didn't hear it or, or, or Sarah or Nevis. Um, He'll actually say, hey, I think Neavis had an idea and then he'll stop and create space for her to speak and just Mm -hmm. big but Why do I need him to draw attention to the fact that we're speaking and have ideas? It's
0: so frustrating. I'm glad
1: that he does that for me and I greatly appreciate it And it's exhausting to always have to wait for someone to create space for me to speak.
0: Yes Going back to your leadership Lauren in your grove a lot of times I'm leading a grove meeting and it's me and a bunch of guys and I'm the one who's supposed to be facilitating this meeting. And there are so many tangents of conversation where things get off track because I don't have the authority, the power the to, be able to, to be able to corral the conversation to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. And when you compare it to when, for instance, Michael or Joe, who's our senior druid, is leading the meeting, they keep everyone way more on task. They have that agency and that authority to mm-hmm. to hold the conversation together um, in ways that, that I don't. And it's, it's infuriating. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, th- I, I find it frustrating. That's, I, that's probably one of the most frustrating things is when um, you, know, you, you, you clearly see what needs to be done. It is an understood job that you are holding. Everyone held to give agenda items so we know we have things to talk about. And not having the agency to do your job because they won't give it to you even though they'll give it to other people like like What do I have to do to earn the respect in order to be given the same agency that other people do who are doing? This job that we agreed upon as a group looks like this
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also We touched on it a little bit, but there's a lot of gaslighting that happens. I think especially to women in leadership Yeah, there's a lot of um, where you have a reaction to something, or you have an idea, or something happens, and you bring it up to to talk about it in discussion or whatever, and there's just little micro microaggressions and mm-hmm. things that are said that make you question whether it happened the way you remember, mm-hmm. and are you having the correct air quote correct mm-hmm. reaction? Because sometimes to they'll it. say, "Well,
1: that's not what happened." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: so
2: I'm like always second guessing everything and I'm like I'll run things by other people all the time I'm like does this sound too crazy mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> Or I, does this
1: sound too emotional I write mean, stuff it, and have other people read it before yeah, you send it to the list yeah, and things just to often. make sure that there's not something that you're missing in the in or a way that your email would be read that would change the tone and come across offensive right yeah or is it being assertive enough because I a email and having ideas is not offensive yeah. <laughs> no,
2: it's not. Like, that's the other one <laughs> The assertiveness of a tone of an email. Yeah. Like, you know, instead of I feel, you have to change that to not be I feel. I think.
0: You know, one, Not even I think. Right. More of a, a this is the way things are, mm-hmm. and here's what we should do about them. Rather right. than, I feel like things are this way, and this is a way I think we could right. so address them. So a couple them. things
1: that have helped me, um, that, that I pulled in from my professional world, um, is instead of saying I think or I feel, you can start with, I observe that and use facts from the conversation to show how you logically got to the place that you are. Um, Just a quick synopsis to remind folks that this is relevant. Um, That helps a lot, especially in email conversations that have a lot of replies. And if you are late or you have something, don't apologize for anything. Don't Don't ever say sorry for the delay. Say thank you for your patience because we, Help feed that when we take it upon ourselves as though we had done something wrong right. and apologize for it right. So getting I'm sorry out of your language and using thank you for your patience. That's uh, is useful really in,
0: useful. That's useful in consent culture as well with the instead of I'm sorry. I had This response. Thank you for allowing me the space to have this response mm-hmm. you like that is also one of the Mm -hmm. things in that. Well, and something
3: that I've worked on for a long time is defeminizing, removing the female markers from my written communication. Okay. And that occasionally also gets me labeled as intimidating and words that I'm not allowed to say on the podcast. (laughs) Well, a lot of times if I'm putting out
0: something... So, like, everyone who um, knows me well within the ADF context knows that it's reverend jan avende but a lot of times when i'm putting stuff out that is to the wider community it'll just be reverend avende and removing the female markers because then that isn't a subtone that they that they are taking in and right. it, it can be assumed whatever way they want See, i can't do that <laughs> you can't do that because there are two reverend ashtons
1: <laughs> but i a lot of times um i have started putting reverend m ashton um because it's just, it's just easier. Because mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling didn't use her first name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a reason. Well, and there's plenty of examples out there of... Um, there have been like studies done about two co-workers who switch names on their emails. One is male and one is female. And the responses they get from their clients in those kinds of situations. So there's a lot in leadership, I think, that we, we deal with as needing to be able to get our own agency and having our ideas heard Mm -hmm. that is really complicated by being perceived as female.
1: And that's one of the reasons I think I appreciate all of you so much is because when you're in those spaces, you know, if there's more of us speaking, it's harder to be ignored. And I really appreciate the support of the other women who are in leadership beside me. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
3: Totally.
0: Thanks for listening. And there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at 3cranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at 3 org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of 3 Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at 3cranes.org and more about druidry at ADF.org. As always circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fight.